guys are not helping me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Put your hands together for such wonderful ministrations. Hallelujah. This can only happen in where? The First Love Church, New York. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. You may please be seated. If you have a space by you, you can lift up your hands. So I think uh, I see one or two here. Anyone who wants to come and sit on stage for the VIP seat, you can come now. This is the time to come now before it's too late. So please do so now. Anyone in overflow, please come in. Very important. Amen. Wow, you want to sit on stage? Not really. I think there is a, there is a seat. You want to sit? Yeah, please, those in the overflow, please come in. Nobody. Please come in now. And enjoy this wonderful service. Amen. What a blessing to have all these ministrations. Do you, I mean, do you appreciate them at all? This is not a way to appreciate something great, something wonderful, something marvelous. Hallelujah. You see, it is often said that you don't know what you have until it's gone. But that is, you see, but that is because sometimes people are just unappreciative. But you must know what you have and appreciate it at the right time. The principle of timely valuation must be in place in your life. Hallelujah. Wonderful prayer time, wonderful worship time. I was just enjoying it as I was coming. Oh, you see, you are still not appreciating it. Man. And the wonderful dancing stars. Oh, man. Wonderful, wonderful, powerful. We love the dancing stars. To me, it's the most intriguing. But sometimes, I mean, when I see them, something happens. Hey, sometimes I just want to throw my legs, but yeah, but you wait. One day I'll join them and you see me. Hey! <laughs> don't start, don't start, don't start, don't start. Hallelujah. But is it wonderful? It's wonderful. Is it powerful? It's powerful. And the choir was also just something else. Let's put our hands together for the choir. And the choir, this is the time, you see, I gave them a 50 quota and they've, and they've almost crossed it. So this is the time to join the choir. Because very soon before you join, you have to go through a lot of processes, auditioning, First phase, second phase, and third. You see, it's the same with the dancing stars. So now that you can dance a bit like me, I think we should join now. Say to your neighbor, I think you should join a basunta now. You should join. Very important. Hallelujah. This is the time to join. Amen. But it's a true blessing. Amen. I believe that we've been equipped throughout the week. And this is the last straw. Only for the New Yorkers. Guys, I don't know how... Take your time. Take your time. Guys, I don't know how special you are feeling, but I feel very special. Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. 
Hallelujah. Amen. It's been a long train. We started from Maryland on Tuesday, Wednesday in Maryland, and on Thursday in Newark, New Jersey, and yesterday it was here, and today is the last day. Hallelujah. Elijah told Elisha, when you see me go, because he was asking for the anointing. Elijah asked him, what do you want that I do for you? Then he said, I, I don't need anything from you. All I need is a double portion of thy spirit. I don't know whether there are spiritual people here. I don't know whether there is somebody here who is struggling to bust five people. Or give me a wave if, if you are struggling to do what you have to do. To bust five people. To bring in people to church. To be pleasing to the Lord. You are struggling, but it only takes the unction and the grace of God. And this morning, we are going to receive a last dosage of this grace. This anointing to do the work of God and to be pleasing to him and to last for a long time. Hallelujah. Well, I was saying um, earlier on that this vessel... It's a very important vessel in the, in the life of this church. He happens to be the deputy convener of the First Love Churches all over the world. Very seasoned, very anointed. He's our missionary, our bishop in Mozambique. He's built many churches with seven different cathedrals. He's raised many pastors many reverends in and out of the church <laughs> very international and his native language now is Portuguese so those of you who can speak Portuguese I'm sure that he may just expose yeah Asha, what Ashala Shala and then those of you who know thank you is Obrigado <laughs> God is going to make you international. Amen. You'll be traveling in and out. Amen. You'll be flying in and out. Amen. In the name of Jesus. That is the grace that is here. And we are going to drink of this grace. If you are happy like the way I'm happy this morning, stand on your feet. Somebody, as we welcome to the pulpit, Bishop Frank Autry. Come on. Let's sing it again. Yes.
with God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful for this Sunday afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity to be here once again, to be blessed of your word, to be blessed of your presence. I pray, Holy Spirit, have your way in our midst today. Let your will be done in our lives. Let your presence be here with us, O God. Jesus, we know that you are here with us. Therefore, speak your word. Bless us. Heal our hearts. Transform our lives. Change our lives. And may we leave this place more blessed than we came. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And let everyone say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. It's a blessing to be here once again. And I want to thank BH for the honor of inviting me to minister to all of you. Hallelujah. You must know that God has really blessed you with a good leader and a good bishop. Hallelujah. In Psalm 77 verse 20 it says, Thou leadest thy flock, thou leadest thy people as a flock through the hand of Moses and Aaron, thy servant. Hallelujah. You hear the scripture is saying that God leads his people. See, God is leading his people. And you are his people. Amen. But the Bible says God is a spirit. You can't see God physically. Nobody can tell whether God is, looks like a Chinese or he looks like an Indian or he looks like a Nigerian or he looks like an Arab. God is a spirit. Hallelujah. And so when God is leading, you can't see him. But because God is a spirit, a spirit needs a body to lead or to, to move or to do things. Hallelujah. So, who is controlling the scriptures? I says Psalm 77 verse 20. I don't know where you are. Uh-huh. So there's a scripture. Said, Thou leadest thy people like a flock. By the hand of Moses and Aaron. So I'm saying that God leads his people. He leads his people. And you are a, a people of God. And God is leading you. But when God is leading you, because it's a spirit, you will not see him. So he needs a hand to use. So he said, through the hand of Moses and Aaron. Hallelujah. And in this ministry, our Moses is the evangelist Bishop Dakiwan Mills. And, and then Aaron's, do you understand? Aaron's, through the hand of Moses and Aaron. So here Bishop Henry is Aaron. Aaron was, Moses was the mouthpiece of God and Aaron was the mouthpiece of Moses. So what Moses hears from God, he tells Aaron and then Aaron Communicates to the congregation. 
So that's how God runs his church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So never forget this scripture. It said, thou leadest your people like a flock through the hand of Moses and Aaron. So when you can't identify the hand, God cannot lead you. As soon as the hand cannot be seen, it means that you are totally lost and you are without a shepherd. And God is not the one leading you. And you will not become anything. Hallelujah. So it is important that in this church, you recognize BH as your Aaron. And you must see his hand. When his hand says, go to the right, you go to the right. When he says, go to the left, you go to the left. When the hand says, sit, you sit. When the hand says, stand, you stand. That is how God is leading you. So don't be a goat that cannot be led. Don't be an uncontrollable person in the church. You can never be told what to do. When you are like that, you will die in the wilderness and you will never, ever, ever get to your promised land. And that's what happens to the Israelites. They were so rebellious. They were fighting the hand that was leading them. God was using to lead them. And so a journey that should have taken them some few days. For 40 days, they were, they were still struggling in the wilderness. And a lot of them died without entering the promised land. And so when Joshua came into the scene, I tell you, the younger people were very wild. They said, listen, we have seen our mistakes. And we have decided that we are not going to make the mistakes that our fathers made. They were so rebellious, murmuring, complaining, fighting against the hand that God was using to guide them. So they said that, listen, from today, we have decided that, Joshua, you will be strong and lead us. Anything you tell us, we will do it. But anybody who rebels in our midst, we will weed the person out. Hallelujah. Because, you see, they were determined to be in the promised land. Never allow anybody to be the reason why you can never fulfill your potential. Because there are people who don't want to go to the promised land. And they want to make sure that we all stay in the wilderness and suffer together. But I have good news for you. God is taking you in particular to your place of enlargement. To your place of abundance. To, your, to the land that flows with milk and honey. Shout amen. amen. Sit down. So if you are in this church, you are the first love church, not America, I really want you to see Bishop Henry as your Aaron. All right? And make sure that you can see the hand as it's guiding and is directing you. And that is the only way by which you become what God wants you to become. Because all of us have experienced what I'm sharing with you. Hallelujah. And that God is going to show you mercy. And God is going to bless you. Amen. Now, today I want to share with you about something. Say something. something. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5 verse 7. I believe that the whole of this month we've been learning about fruitfulness. Is that not so? Fruitfulness. One of the callings of every believer is to be fruitful, is to bear fruit. Amen. Jesus said to the disciples, and whatever he said to the disciples, he said it to us. 
But the Bible said, what I say to you, I say to all. Amen. He said, you did not choose me. John chapter 15, verse 16. He said, you did not choose me. I'll come back to Galatians. Okay, let me just start from somewhere. He said, you did not choose me. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. There's nobody here who chose Jesus. Jesus is the one who chose us. Do you understand? Yes. Because it's the husband who chooses the bride. Oh, yes. Those of you ladies who choose husbands. It's, it's unbiblical. A man has to choose you. You can't say that if the mountain refused to go to Muhammad, or if Muhammad refused to go to the mountain, the mountain must come to Muhammad. <laughs> mountain cannot come. <laughs> Hallelujah. And any lady here who is not yet chosen, I prophesy over your life that in the name of Jesus, very soon a good man will find you. I said very soon a good man will find you. You will marry in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents an obstacle, I declare it removed in your life. That you'll be found at the appropriate time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody will like you. Somebody will say you are beautiful. Somebody will say you are a nice sister. Somebody will say I've always been thinking about you. Somebody say I cannot do without you. Somebody will say, ah, baby, you are so sweet. <laughs> so far, you have not been hearing some of these things. But I declare over your life that very soon you'll be hearing some of these words. In the name of Jesus, you will take your phone and you look at a message and you'll be smiling. You'll be giggling in bed. Hallelujah. It will be working on you. Receive it in Jesus' name. All right, sit down. Yes. I enjoy prophesying over people. Oh, and I feel like I should even prophesy more. Yes. Your wedding will be very, very sweet. People will sponsor your wedding. You will have the best honeymoon. You'll be going on a cruise in the name of Jesus. And you come back more refined and more blossomed. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Sit down. Yes. In Ezra 6 verse 14, he said, And the Jews built houses and prospered through the prophesying of Zachariah, the prophet. Prophecies can change your life. That is why all you need to say is amen and I receive it. Yes. God said about someone, the prophet, said the Lord did not allow any of the words he spoke to fall to the ground. Every word he spoke came to pass. Every word I'm speaking over your life is coming to pass. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say you will marry. You will have a husband. 
you will have a wife. You will have children. And the Lord will bless you and your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful. Sit down. Fruitfulness. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I chose you. I chose you. And the reason why I chose you is that I want you to bear fruits. That go and bring forth fruits. And then the fruits you bring should remain. Now, in the Bible, when we talk about fruits, we are talking about souls. Amen. Because Jesus has just one aim. The aim of Jesus is to save us from our sins. In Luke 19 verse 10, he says, The Son of Man came to seek for that which was lost. To save and to seek for that which was lost. The whole purpose of Christianity is to save us from going to hell. Hell is a real place, I'm telling you. Hell is a real place. And heaven is also a real place. And the reason why God saved you is so that he can also use you to bring others from the path of darkness into his kingdom. In Colossians 1.13, he says, For he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So, the whole essence of Jesus dying on the cross, saving us from our sins, is so that we can all become involved in bringing people from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. And any Christian who is not involved in this soul winning business is seen as a barren Christian and is seen as somebody who is unfruitful. And God's reaction to unfruitful Christians is not nice. In the Bible, we saw many examples of how Jesus spoke about how people who are unfruitful attract a certain anger. From God himself. Hallelujah. And he himself demonstrated it in Mark chapter 11. When he saw a fig tree afar off. And the Bible said he hung it. Hoping that when he gets there. He will find some fruits. And enjoy from this fig tree. And when he got there. The Bible said there was no fruit. And Jesus was not happy. Jesus is not happy when you are not bearing fruit. He said that. Wither from beneath. And let no man eat of you anymore. Within some hours, the tree had died. Hallelujah. And then he also spoke another parable of a vine dresser who was charged to supervise a farm. And when the owner came, he was going through all the different plants that were planted on the ground. And he found out that there was a particular plant. It has refused to bear fruit for three years. And he told the van dresser that, why are you still wasting time on this particular plant? Which is refusing to bear fruit. He said, all these years I've been coming, hoping that by now, it should be bearing fruit. But it was not. The van dresser begged him and said, give him one more year. Just one more year. If nothing comes up, then we'll, we'll, we'll remove it. 
It is very dangerous to be a Christian and not bear fruit. It's very dangerous to be a Christian and not be one of the people contributing to the building and the growth of God's church. It's very, very, very dangerous. God's reaction to such people and such attitude is not good. And so if you're in this church, be interested. Listen, I mean, by the grace of God, we are going to move into a bigger place very soon. But when we get to a bigger place, it means that there's going to be a lot of work. And everybody here, it doesn't matter who you are. Once you call yourself a Christian, a Christian, you have to be involved in bringing people to the house of God. You have to be involved. On Sunday, when you are coming to church, you can't come alone. There must be people in your car. There must be people you are dropping and there are others you are going to bring as well. And the whole week you'll be getting busy. You are doing telepastoring on your own. You are calling people in different places and you are telling them that this Sunday I will be picking you to church. Hallelujah. That is very important. Because that's why Jesus chose you. And he chose you because he knows you can do it. Tell somebody, Jesus knows you can do it. You got what it takes. Eh? You can. Everybody here is so useful to God. Everybody here. You are useful and very important to God. God thought of you before he saved you. He knows what you are capable of. He has planted seeds of greatness. Seeds of fruitfulness in you. That's why you were so much under attack in the world. But the devil knows that this person, if I can keep him. But Satan made a mistake and let you lose. Hallelujah. And you must revenge on him. Because some of you, you have taken so many people to hell. Before you became born again. Some of you brothers. You are a serious father in sin to many ladies. You are an expert of breaking people's virginities. And introducing them into some serious, lustful behaviors. So now that you are here, you must take revenge. And say, Lord, for every single lady I destroyed... I'm bringing you 10 new ladies to Christ. And some of you sisters too. Slay people's husbands. Slay young guys and young brothers and other ones. You have a way of behaving before I realize... A whole grown-up man, he empties all his accounts into your accounts. One day I met a little girl. She was 21 years old. She said, I've never gone out with anybody who is less than 40 years old. So I said, what were you doing with these guys? He said, Bishop, I will speak in a certain way. They will empty all the accounts into my accounts. Hey! 
I said, with this gift, you must bring 100 people to Christ every year. Hallelujah. Sit down. In Matthew chapter 9, from verse 9, the Bible says, Jesus was passing from hands to dance. And then he saw Matthew, named Matthew, a man called Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Hmm? I mean, this is Reverend Me. He said, He's an accountant. People are paying, people are paying their taxes. Then Jesus is passing. So many people have queued, they have lined up, paying their taxes. He was busy writing. Task collector. Then Jesus is passing. Me, follow me. And he followed him. Can you imagine? People have killed. He's writing. He left his work. He left everything. Follow me. The Bible says, and he followed him. You see, you must know that the call of God is very divine. Because of all the people that were there, how come he's the only person he called? How come he's the only one he called? Among your friends, your family members, your group, your classmates, your course mates, your colleagues at work, how come you are the only one who is sitting here? He called you and you responded. You see, the call of God looks very accidental, but it's not accidental. It's as though Jesus just met him and accidentally he said, no. No, God is a God of purpose. Bible says, for whom he did foreknow, God knew everybody before we even came into the world. And he called Matthew for a reason. The reason was that Matthew was a good writer. And that he needed somebody like that in his ministry who could write his genealogy. Because without Matthew, there was nobody who could trace Jesus' bloodline. Good record keeper. Gifted in writing. Jesus knew that this man would be so fruitful to him in the ministry. And will help the whole world to know, to know, to know. Who he was. Where he's coming from. Peter couldn't do that. None of them could do that. And when Matthew came, he came with his pen. He never stopped writing. When Jesus went to the mountains to preach. The Beatitudes. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. Three chapters. This is the first time Jesus spoke uninterrupted. Nobody could write. Only Matthew. Nobody. So I'm trying to say that, you see, you may be here thinking that maybe you are here by an accident. You are not here by an accident. You are here because God has chosen you. There is something divine about you. There's something unique. God has seen something about you. That is why he has brought you into the house of God. And so you cannot be sitting here and be doing nothing. And be thinking that, oh, others can be used, but not me. 
Shake your neighbor and say, there's something special about you. And Bible says, it is the Lord who causes us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the willingness to come here, the willingness to be here, the willingness to be in church, it is God. Because Matthew could have refused. Because there were people that Jesus, Jesus said, follow me. They didn't follow. A guy said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go and bury my father first. Another guy said, I will follow you, but I have a lot of businesses to discard. And that was the last time we heard about such people. But Matthew, he followed. I'm sure people were calling him that, ah, what are you doing? We are here for a long time. You are leaving us. You are very disrespectful. He said, hey, when the master called, you don't waste time. You better follow. Hallelujah. So you are not here by mistake. Amen. Push your neighbor and say, you are not here by mistake. Say, you were divinely selected. And there's a good reason for that. And the reason is that you are unique. And you are special to God and to his kingdom and to his church. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, today I want to talk to you about enemies of fruitfulness. Enemies. I like that. Are you here? You have gone home. <laughs> enemies of fruitfulness. And I will not have enough time to talk to you about all the enemies. I will talk to you about only one enemy. Yeah, it's our church, but today I have to go to Mozambique. <laughs> I've missed home. This is home. I agree, this is home. But my wife and children are not here. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. What a blessing. Now, anybody who is going to be used by God will come across enemies. Satan is not a fool. He will do everything to sabotage your calling to fruitfulness. In fact, in fact, some of you, even from your mother's womb, the devil realized that you were destined for greatness. So he started even fighting you before you came into the world. Remember when Jesus was born, Herod didn't know who this guy was until he was told that a king has been born. The future savior of Israel has been born. As soon as he heard that, Satan entered into him. He went around looking for Jesus to kill him. He ended up killing every two-year-old baby and below. God had to speak to Joseph in a dream that he should run to Egypt and hide the young child. Until he hear the news that Herod is dead. So what I'm trying to say is that when you carry the seed of greatness and fruitfulness, you always come under serious attacks and demonic attacks. Hallelujah. 
I was just telling one of my pastors that, you know, we, we had labor to be blessed. Like you had prayer time and, and we have been praying for two weeks and then we went for evangelism for two weeks. We won over 5,000 souls. And I was telling them that Satan will not be happy with that. So whilst I was on my way coming, I was in a plane. Then I felt the need to pray. I started praying in tongues for a very long time. Not knowing that that very moment, 3 a.m. in Mozambique, my church had caught fire. I'm telling you. And there was nobody there. Inside the church, serious fire. But something happened that was supernatural. Somebody caught the main tension wire that connects the electricity to the church. You know, you have to, you have to bring an electrician to climb with a ladder, with a car ladder, whatever they call it, a special one, to get to that level, to be able to even cut it. But somebody cut in the middle of the night, as the security people were there, they saw somebody cutting it to disconnect the power so that the whole church will not get burnt. So it was where the fuse and the meter was that got burnt. But it was quite strange. The whole church would have just, you know, some parts of Africa, when they say fire, 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 the fire service people, as they are coming, number one, they don't even have fuel. There's no fuel in the car. So when you call them, they will ask you, would you give us fuel allowance? Then number two, they may come, but there's no water in the tank. So there's no hope. Then whilst I was coming, I was one of the, my pastors who came to drop me at the airport. I was telling him that the, the devil is trying to attack us. And I said, I saw some orangus who have left church, orangus. They were attacking one of my main pastors. Do you understand? It's not the person, it's a spirit. There's a spirit that turns people into orangus. It's a demonic spirit. So those demons were attacking this particular pastor. And yesterday I was told that this pastor I'm talking about, his wife and his three-year-old son, somebody was driving them, and the car somersaulted. The car somersaulted two times, but not even a scratch on their body. They just came out of the car. I mean, everybody is in a shock. What I'm trying to say is that, you see, this work we are doing, the moment you decide to bear fruit, you come under demonic attack. Enemies come up against you. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, God will always defend you. He said, because you have set your heart on him, your love on him, he said, therefore, would I deliver you? You see, when you love God and you are fruitful, you are serving God, let the enemy come, God will deliver you. Amen. That is why he said that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that is risen in judgment against you said, thou shalt condemn. For this is the heritage of the servant of God. When you are serving God's purpose, God has a mandate to protect you and to preserve you. 
I see God preserving you. I see God protecting you. I see God defending you against all your enemies. In the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 13 from 24, going, the Bible talks about a sower who went to plant seeds. The Bible says he planted good seed. He planted a good seed. And then while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tests among the good seeds. Those of you who like sleeping a lot, please take your seats. If you are a serious Christian, you can't sleep a lot. Amen. Amen. I want to repeat that again. A serious Christian cannot sleep a lot. One day a brother was telling me, Bishop, ask for me, I don't joke with my eight hour sleep. I don't joke with my eight hour sleep. Listen, sleep is nice, but it's not every time that you sleep. Sometimes you have to watch. Many devils are at work in the night. Demons operate. More people die in the night than during the day. Sometimes you go to visit somebody in the hospital during the day. The person is talking to you nicely. You go in the next morning, he's gone. Demons are at work at night. Seriously. Hallelujah. I remember some years ago when I was not born again, I was admitted in the hospital. Very sick. During the day, I'll be fine. But in the night, I will see at that time, I, was not, I didn't even know about spiritual things. I would see a real human being walking in the hospital from bed to bed. And by the time we wake up, the bed that I saw the, the person go in there, the person is dead. I started seeing a long time before I even became born again. And I would tell the doctors, my mother would come and I would tell the doctors, hey, so I, I think it's high fever. High fever. And it kept happening. Anytime I see the person come, the bed will go the next morning, the person was dead. It happened only in the night. So I was afraid in the night I wouldn't sleep. So what I'm saying is that if you're a Christian, use your night to pray a lot. Stop watching Netflix. Sleep early. Wake up and pray. Pray for your children. Pray for yourself. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your future. Pray concerning every aspect of your life. Because when you sleep, that is where the kingdom of darkness is also awake. That's what they call the kingdom of darkness. They like darkness. They operate in darkness. When night falls, that is when they are active and activated. So while men slept, the enemy came and so tears among the wheat. Then they asked Jesus, who did this? He said, the enemy. The enemy. Satan is against your fruitfulness. Satan is against my fruitfulness. Hallelujah. And one of the enemies of fruitfulness that I want to talk to you about today is the enemy called offense. Tell somebody offense. Say it's an enemy against my fruitfulness. Hmm. 
You see, we are all in a race to fulfill our call to fruitfulness. The race. Like when Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, he said, we all are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, let us run the race. All right? He said, let us set aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and run with patience the race that is set before us. There's a race that is set before us. And to run this race and to finish it, the race of fruitfulness, the race of pleasing God, and the race of finally making it to heaven. He said, to be able to run this race and to finish, you have to lay aside every weight, obstacles, problems, difficulties. And then the sin that so easily besets us, the sin that so easily besets us is called offenses. Offenses. is the sin that so easily besets us. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 18, hmm, verse 7, Woe unto the world because of offenses. Huh? Woe unto the world because of what? Offenses. It's like Jesus was feeling sorry for us because of this sin, this enemy called offenses. Now, what has brought all the wars in the world? Is it not offenses? What has brought the war in Ukraine and Russia, between Ukraine and Russia? It's offense. You have, you have done something I'm not happy about. <laughs> and we need to pray because it can easily become a nuclear war. It's getting there. If God doesn't help us. And it's all because of offense. Russians are not happy that you guys are providing weapons, supplying weapons to Ukraine. You guys. <laughs> and you guys are not happy that Russia is bullying Ukraine. <laughs> Woe unto the world because of what? Offenses. And the whole world has been affected economically. Especially a certain continent that begins with alphabet A, F. Who are bad leaders by nature. Now they are taking advantage of everything Ukraine. Everything Ukraine. There's no water. Ukraine. There's no money because of Ukraine and Russia. No electricity because of Ukraine. The flooding, Ukraine. Galapse, Ukraine. <laughs> Woe unto the world because of offenses. Many marriages have been destroyed because of offenses. Relationships have been destroyed because of offenses. Many church members have lost their ministry, their calling, and their relevance because of offenses. It's the sin that so easily besets us. 
And Jesus predicted, he said, woe unto the world because of offenses. Then he continues. Matthew 18. For it must be that, it must, needs be that offenses come. Remember Jesus a prophet too. He said, as offenses, it must need, it will come. You, you can never run away from it. It is something that will come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. In other words, he's also showing that people become offended because of somebody. Russians are offended because Ukraine wants to join NATO. You know NATO? You don't know NATO? <laughs> you know NATO? <laughs> you don't know NATO? <laughs> and you ought to be the NATO president. <laughs> yeah. Because once they join NATO, then they are going to set military camps right at the border of Russia. So because of that, we are offended. <laughs> Offense always comes through somebody. So those of you who easily make people who become offended, especially cholerics with sharp tongues. You don't care about people's feelings. You release ballistic missiles. And after that, you come back and you want them to smile and be laughing. Huh? You look at your wife and then you insult her. They later say, oh, I didn't mean it. You look at her stomach and say, that, why? Are you a wrestler? And you are surprised that for three days she's not smiling in the house. Offenses must need come. Jesus asked for offenses. It will come. It will come. It will come. By all means. By all means you'll be offended. By all means you'll be offended. By all means you'll be offended. But you have to learn how to handle offenses very well. Else it will, it will wither you. It will deprive you of your ability to move on and become fruitful. In John chapter 6, Jesus had a big congregation. He had preached a very nice sermon. And he had told them how God selected all of them to come and follow him. Like I was telling you. In John 6, 64, he said, you couldn't have come to me except the Father through you. Amen. 65, sorry. So you couldn't, you couldn't have come at all. He said, no man can come unto me except it was given to him of my father. Do you get it? But you see, but the people were offended. They were offended with his preaching. So the Bible says in the next verse, verse 66, it says, from that time, many of the disciples went back 
and walk no more with him. Because they were not happy with his preaching and teachings. They were offended if you go the earlier verses, you will see that they were offended in him. Because he told them that except they eat his flesh and drink his blood, they will have no life. And they were not spiritual to know that he was talking about something spiritual. And they were not following the preaching. Then at a point he said to them that the words that I'm speaking, they are spirit and they are life. And that the flesh profited nothing. I'm not talking about something in the flesh. By the spirit that giveth life. I'm talking about something spiritual that is supposed to give you life. That I said you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no life. I'm talking about something that is spiritual, not physical. But they still wouldn't get it. He said, do you think they are carnivores? That we should come and eat your flesh and drink your blood. What do you mean? The fact that I brought myself to sit in this chair doesn't mean you can talk to me anyhow. You are a bishop and so what? I mean, look at the way you are talking. Already, you're already offended. The person is not here. He's not here. He can't be, he can't be in this church. This church, we don't have such people here. No, 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 no. We don't have such people here. I'm talking about somebody who is not in the church. Yes. Then they left him. They went no more with him. That was the end of these people. That was the end of these people. We never heard about them again. But see, Jesus had told them that you are here because the Lord brought you here. It still didn't register. They, 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 they lost their ministry. They lost their ability to become fruitful. They lost their ability to bear fruits into the kingdom and to become relevant in the house of God and the kingdom of God. Then he turned to the others who were said, would you also go away? He said, no, we don't have anywhere to go. You just preach a nice message, we understand. We are here. Uba, 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 here. Yes. We know what he wants. Hallelujah. They were not offended. But these guys who were offended, that was the end. That was the end of their ministry. And I have seen people with great potentials, people with giftings, people that I know that the hand of God is upon this guy, this sister, and God is going to use him to accomplish great and mighty things. I've seen some people make a shipwreck of their faith because of offense. Somebody said something he didn't like. Somebody did something he didn't like. it. Somebody didn't do something he was not happy about it. People could have become pastors of mega churches. I had a guy who was offended and walked away. Today, one of the cathedrals that we are building, my plan was that he was the one going to pastor that cathedral. Today, he's a nobody and nothing. Preaching to nobody. Walking around under the sun. Offenses, as offenses, it will come. And sometimes, nobody has done anything to offend you. That is also the truth. Sometimes, nobody has done nothing to offend you. 
is your pride. Your pride. You have not died to yourself. You are so alive and so sensitive that everything that is said, you misinterpret it in a different way to your own understanding. And then you get angry and become offended for no reason. For no reason. It's your pride. 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 Pride will say to you that I don't take nonsense. Ask your neighbor, have you said something like that before? I don't take nonsense. How can you be in this world that you don't take nonsense? I don't take foolishness. Tell somebody a lot of foolishness to take. How can you live with human beings and don't take foolishness? Sit down. Yes. Be very careful to guide yourself against offenses because it has been predicted that as for offenses, they will come. But you have to be very careful to handle it well. Else it will destroy you. To destroy your relationship with God, your relationship with your pastor, with your relationship with your church family, your relationship even with your own biological family, oh, yeah. your relationship with your wife, your husband, your children, your parents. You have to be very, very careful. It is a sin that so easily beset. It's the most commonest sins around. You know, there are two types of sins. Maybe I should just let you know. Let me divert a bit. Second Corinthians 7 verse 1. Quickly, it's a scripture man. Having therefore these promises, okay? Maybe before we even know the promise, because you need to know what these promises are. So go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the last verse. The last verse before you go to chapter 7. 18. Okay, go to 17. Good. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And you shall be the next verse, 18. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. You see, when you become born again, God becomes your father. And then you become a son and a daughter to the most high God. What a blessing. Hallelujah. So now chapter 7, having these promises, having these promises of being a son and a daughter to God the Father, Eh? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. These are two, type, two types of sins. Sins of the flesh and sins of the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Now, many people are not aware that the sin of the spirit 
is more deadly and more dangerous than the sins of the flesh. You see, the sins of the spirit is the sins that nobody sees. The sins that are inherent. Pride, arrogance, anger, offense, bitterness, covetousness. You can't see. It's inherent. But you see, that is the, those are the sins that separate you from God. You see, every sin is dangerous, but I'm telling you that the sins of the spirit, because if God is a spirit, and the spirit lives inside of you, so as soon as you begin to operate and walk in the sins of the spirit, God lives your life automatically. As against the sins of the flesh, which will take some time. That is why you can have someone who fornicated last night, but he'll be in church and, and be singing and be in the dancing star. I will not be surprised if one of the singers was fornicating yesterday. Or if you're one of the dancing stars. I will not be surprised. It doesn't happen in this year. It doesn't happen in this year. No, no, no. No, here, 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 no, no, no. First laugh, here, no, no, no. Sit down. We don't have such problems here by the grace. But I can tell you that somebody can do that and still come to church. Be an usher, come and ring their chairs, come and control the sound and do everything. But somebody will not come to church because he was offended even yesterday. He wanted to come and say hi to Bishop Frank, Bishop Apache. And B.A. said, no, it's too late. He has to go. Because of that, he decided that today you won't come to church. Just one minute, B.H. B.H. said, no, it's too much. Bishop Apache has to go. You are not happy. The sins of the spirit are deadly sins. Be careful. Pride is no sin. It's in the spirit. And Bible says, pride cometh before a fall. Arrogance. Covetousness. Nobody can see it, but it's inside of you. He said, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. That's what David said. Search me, O God. And know my heart and see if there is, there is. Because it's not easy. And it's, it's one of the sins you must fight against. Cleanse yourself from filthiness of the spirit. Pride, offenses, unforgiveness, all these things. It will disconnect you. Have you not realized that when you are angry, you can't pray? When somebody offends you, you can't pray. How many have experienced something like that before? Yes. You can't even sleep, my darling. Come on, come and give me a high five. Ah. You cannot sleep. Let alone to pray. You just be swimming in your bed. Turning and turning and turning. And getting up to wee wee and go and sit in the hall and coming back. That's what somebody said. If you are married and you are still anointed, then you are called. Find the nearest person who is married said, are you still anointed? Then you are called. 
Sit down. Somebody will fornicate and still come and sing. I love you, Lord. But somebody got offended. He has not been in church for three weeks. Four weeks. He has even blocked the pastor's number from his phone. Hallelujah. The woman with the, who committed adultery, Jesus said, get up, wear your pants. Wear your pants. Wear your pants and go home. Don't do it again, okay? Don't do it again. But Judas was offended. He was offended that somebody was honoring Jesus. And he was offended. And he made a comment. And he couldn't deal with that offense. And when you keep offense for a long time, you open a doorway for Satan and demons. So the Bible says, and Satan entered into him. He entered into him. And he became a monster. When people become offended for some time, they turn into monstrous creatures. They gravitate and they graduate into a monstrous creature. Because there's a spirit in the sea. It's called Leviathan. Say Leviathan. It's a monstrous spirit. You see, when, when Satan and the angels who rebelled against God were cast out of heaven, Remember the angel shouted and said, Woe unto you, ye inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. So some of the demons came to the earth. Some went to the sea. The sea has a lot of demons, eh? Don't joke with the sea. I'm telling you. That is why they, they, there can be tsunami. There's no technology that can stop it. And wipe away a whole city, a whole group. There are devils and evil spirits in the sea. It's not a small place to joke. And Leviathan is a monstrous demonic spirit from the sea. And it's a spirit that makes you grow wings and become proud and arrogant that nobody can tame you, nobody can control you. And when that spirit enters into you, you have no respect for authority. You have no respect for dignity. You attack anybody that is up there. And it was that same spirit that was upon Lucifer. God, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your seat. I will sit on your seat. I've even changed my mind. I will go above you. And turn good angels into monsters to fight against God who created them. Sins of the spirit. Rebellion. All these type of things. That's why as soon as somebody becomes rebellious, it's like God resists the person. Oh, yes. Because every form of rebellion reminds God of Satan. So as soon as you become rebellious, you know, it's like, ah, that's another devil there. Another devil, another Satanist there. That, that's, it. that's why in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, look at it, Romans 13, verse 1, quickly. Let every soul be subject, be subject unto the higher powers. 
He said, humble yourself to authorities. Higher powers. For there's no power but of God. You see, BH is here because God is the one who has put him here. The little power that he has is God who has given to him. You have to submit, subject yourself to that power. His leadership. The powers that be are ordained of God. The next verse says that whosoever, say whosoever, therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves domination. That is why there is no rebel in any part of the world that has survived. Nations, countries who overthrow governments, God doesn't approve. Remember this statement. Every rebel reminds God of Satan. And he himself will fight you. Hallelujah. So be careful with the sins of the spirit. Be very careful of the sins of the spirit. Because it will disconnect you from God. You will lose the spirit, the presence of God. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, he says, be angry and sin not. As for anger, because I cannot say don't be angry. Once you're a human being, even Jesus, there was a time he was angry. Sit down. And say, no, let not the sun go down on your anger. Amen. No, don't move fast. Don't move fast. Take your time, brother. Follow me. <laughs> let not the sun go down upon your wrath or your anger. In other words, when you are angry, you have less than 24 hours to let it go. Say, let it go, 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 let it go. If you got angry or offended during this service, by the time we are stepping out, you are going home, you should let it go. Tell someone, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Now, upon your wrath, have you seen the punctuation, is it, what, what do they call it? Colon. What does it mean? More details. He's coming to explain to you why I'm saying what I'm saying. Neither give place to the devil. You see, when you're offended, when you're angry, and you don't deal with it quickly, you give place to the devil. Satan enters your life. He comes in. And he comes in to sow the tears, to plant things. By the time you even recover, recover that, okay, now I'm, I'm okay. He has planted some things that you are not even aware of. Follow the word of God. Though. You see a wife. Husband has done something. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Uh, uh. One day, no talking. Two days, no talking. Three days, no talking. You see, as you are not talking, you can't also pray. Be honest with yourself. Say, 
time has already come. And he's planting seeds. Seeds. Tears. Tongues. Fast, fast. Quickly. By the time you recover, he has done what he has done. He has gone. Then one day as you are there, now things have started coming up. Growing and pricking you and choking you and doing things. You are wondering, what is happening in my life? Where is this thing coming from? It came when you were sleeping. You were sleeping means you were offended. Satan had entered into your heart. You couldn't pray. You couldn't read your Bible. You couldn't listen to messages. And that is when the enemy was planting seeds of wickedness and evil. As for anger, you'll be angry. Be angry, but sin not. And the way to prevent yourself from sinning when you are angry is that deal with it quickly. Quickly. Deal with it. Don't go home and sleep with it. Else, the kind of demons and things that will enter into you so you see some people, what, what is, are they even normal? What, what is, what happened? And then you, tell, the devil will tell you, tell them that you are not, you are not, you are not offended. I'm not offended. You say I'm offended, but I'm not offended. I'm okay. Demons will always tell that you're okay. This is not how you, did we not plant good seeds? Did we not plant good seeds? All this while we have been seeing good seeds. The things you used to say. Suddenly you have changed. Good seeds were planted. How come now we are seeing tears? And you say, oh, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm, I'm okay. Nothing is wrong. I know you will say I'm offended. But I'm not offended. Are you here? You have gone home. I don't know whether you people will like the word I'm teaching or maybe I should go to Mozambique and preach this message to my church members. Okay. All right. Sit down. Then I'll preach. Listen, if you are prone to unforgiveness, eh, you will fall out of the race. I'm telling you. So that's why in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, he said that. You did run well. You were doing well. Who did hinder you? Mm? That you should not obey the truth. You are doing well in church. So well in church. You are a center leader. You are a center overseer. You are, G- you are GSO. How come you have stopped all these things? Who, who did hinder you? That word hinder, it means offense. The Greek word is called scandalon. 
scandalon. An evil stick. A trap stick. Somebody who is running and they started to cross you with a stick. Then you fell. That's what the devil does. As he sees you on your race, running your race, doing so well, it brings offense. That same word, scandal, to trap you. I told you my story, those of you who are in Maryland. Years ago, I became born again. I was so blessed, I joined the church. I was doing so well. I was in the choir, singing in the choir. Then we're going to have a major pro, uh, pro, uh, uh, program. And we prepared ourselves, rehearsing for the program. For the first time, everybody was going to set their eyes on me. I invited some friends who didn't believe that I was born again. They all came. But I remember our shepherd told us, he said, you know what? We are all going to wear black. All the guys were going to wear black trousers and a white shirt. Yes, everybody. But when I got home, I had a black trouser. But I didn't like it. I like navy, navy blue. It's one of my favorite colors. So I said, no, I'll wear my navy blue with my white shirt. And I wore it to church. And it's quite close, you know. So when I go to church, our shepherd had organized us to a corner there to do our last practice before we start the service. He saw me with my trousers. He said, you know what? Yeah, this is navy. This is navy. He said that your trouser is not black. I said, oh, but it's blue black. He said, but I said you should bring black. And he said, Look at all the guys. You are the only person with a different thing. You are not singing. Don't, jo don't join us on stage. I, I thought she was joking. So now, then came the hour. The moment of truth. Let's welcome the greater love choir. Everybody was shouting, Ooh! I say, yeah, today, today my friends will know that I'm some important person in the church. As we were climbing the stage, my shepherd just came and held me like that and, and signaled me, go back, go back, go back. Oh, the whole church was looking full of people, over thousands of people. Then when I turned to where my friends were sitting, they were laughing at me. <laughs> I went and sat down with my tail in between my legs. I can tell you with sincerity that from that time, I was not in the service. I was bored and offended with that lady, my shepherd. From that time, preaching to offering, even offering, I said, I won't give offering. I sat in the service angry. I couldn't wait for the service to end. As soon as we share the grace, I said to myself, today is the last day I will ever be in the church. As we were going, my friends were laughing at me. Laughing at me. That was what even made it worse. 
is that the devil sent them. They were used. They were scandalous. Laughing and mocking me. I stayed home for three weeks. They will call me, Frank, you were not in church last week. I was sick. We are coming to visit you. I'm traveling. You see, the demons, eh? is it now? Demons of lies, demons, all kinds of demons. You have opened the door. Yes. 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 People are offended are also liars. I'm telling you. Trust me what I'm telling you. Yes. It opens the door. So now all kinds of demons, wickedness, lying, deception, accusation, all kinds of things. They come. And they build up. And they become unified. Demons are very unified, you know. Yes. They told Jesus, the man of God, they said, we are legends. It's like we are a group of legimented military men. We are together. Fortified. We are holding our hands. 6,600 demons. We are together. That's why we can't easily go. Demons are like that. They don't fight themselves. That's the Bible talks about Mary Madeline, out of whom went seven devils. Seven devils can be one person. They are together. They are not fighting each other. Everybody is doing their work. So when you open yourself, I'm telling you that kind of devil that will enter into you, you, you can't even recognize yourself. I was now a liar, lying, pretending, deceiving, all kinds of things. Just from all things. And the truth of the matter is that was my shepherd not right? Even if I didn't have black trust, I could have made an excuse. I had. But I decided I would never. I was a rebellious child. Like some of you, is that you are in the church, you will do what you want. Spirit of independence. Sit down, you are blocking people's view. You can't be in church and do what you want. Remember, I told you that God is leading like a flock, like a sheep, through a hand. Follow the hand. The hand said, Wear black trousers. You said, No. I wear blue black. Then, after I was at home, I realized that. I was becoming even more sinful. The things I've run away from, now I had gone back to them again. I'd gone back to drinking again. The one day, I believe somebody was praying for me. That's why we need to pray for people. It just occurred to me like the prodigal son. It just dawned on me that, ah, but this lady, was she not right? To have rebuked me. He said, after all, she was even nice to me. She told me, Behind the scene before that, don't come on stage. I should have just listened. Nobody would have even known why I didn't sing. And then number two, I, I, my ambition was not even to sing to glorify God. I wanted to prove to my friends self-ambition, which is also satanic. Self-promotion and self-ambition. You see, when you are, those of you who are in the choir, you always come in front. Be very careful that you are not here to show off. Everything is unto God. Yes. 
Bible says that praise God in a dance. So we are praising his God. God is a focus. Not that you are here to shake your boom boom so that a guy will fall in love with you. Hey! The people here don't like my message. Bishop Harry, the people here don't like my message. I think they can go so that I can preach to only these people. Look at them. They don't like my message. The people here, they don't like my message. All right, sit down, sit down. Hallelujah. So, it came to me, I said, no. Then I said, after all, if she offended me, what has the pastor done to me? My pastor, the other people, why should I leave the church because of one person? And I went back. And here I am today. Here I am today. Can you imagine? Do you see why offense is an enemy of your fruitfulness? Look at me here today, standing here preaching to you. Look at me here today in Mozambique. With thousands of souls and buildings and pastors and all these people. What would have happened to them if I had followed my evil feelings and my ego and pride and rebellious and stubbornness and unforgiving spirits? What would have happened to me today? Is the sin that's so easily beset. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness, say root of bitterness. You see, when you're hurt, you become offended. And when you're offended and you don't forgive quickly, you become bitter. And bitterness has a root. When you become bitter, it's not easy to recover. That's why you shouldn't progress. That's why in God's wisdom, when you're offended, deal with it quickly because the progression to where you become bitter, it develops roots. And when something has root, it goes deeper. And the longer it takes, the stronger the roots. So even when you want to try and deal with it, you just cut it and then it comes up again. That's why some women who have experienced betrayers in marriages. So I'll forgive you, I'll forgive you. But you see, the bitterness. It's still there. So from time to time, it springs up. Then when he sees you talking to a lady, hey, who are you talking to? The root. The root is coming up. So Bible says that, look diligently to your heart. Instead of saying, oh, I forgive you. No, it's past. Be honest with yourself. 
and go deeper. Because if you are better, he says, the first thing that will happen to you, you will fail in the grace of God. And that was what I was talking to you previously. And when, as soon as you enter, you can't even pray anymore. It's like a certain grace is withdrawn from you. You become unspiritual. You become so dry. Because we are kept by his power. It's the power of God that is keeping us to pray, to wait on God. Anything is God's power. But as soon as you are better, that grace is withdrawn. So now everything you do is demonic. Then number two, he says, it troubles you. You you think you are troubling the offender. You who is bitter, you are the one who is having high blood pressure. You are the one who have not been able to sleep. You have even lost appetite. One day somebody offended me. The thing really went into me. Hey! When I'm eating, I remember now I get full. I'll go and sleep. The sleep will not come. Sunday morning, I got it up to pray. I couldn't pray. I said to the Lord, what should I do? He said, deal with it. The way I have showed you in the Bible. I said, yes, Lord. It was, you were, at that time we were on Zoom. When I finished my service, I told my wife, I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to sort it out with that person. Sat in my car. Boom. The person was shocked to see me. Because the person knew he has, he has offended me. And I said, well, I came here because of this thing that you did and did. And it has really affected me. He said, Bishop, I know. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I was telling my husband. I didn't know how I would, I would ever correct this. He spoke and spoke. I cried. The person was also crying. Yes. When I finished, I got up. It, I was feeling anointed fresh anointing feeling liberated and happy yes. the grace of god has come back lest any man fail of the grace of god bitterness bringing up trouble you is troubling you it's troubling you Then the third thing he says, it defy many. So now you go on social media. You defy many. Oh, don't listen to this pastor. Oh, don't mind him. Oh, he's this, he's that. Oh, oh, God, go him. Oh, 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 oh. You see, it's a stage. It's a stage of demonic invasion in the life of the person. I'm telling you. Start defiling, 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 destroying people with lies, with accusation, with evil speakings. Because the person himself is troubled. And you say the person is even changing physically. He's not as handsome or beautiful anymore. Bitterness is what though? It's what? Hallelujah. So church, I want you to become somebody who will walk in forgiveness. 
The only way to get rid of bitterness, first of all, is to forgive. And if possible, go to your offender. Jesus said, if you are coming to offer anything on my altar, and you remember that somebody has something against you, huh? you're not happy with somebody, somebody, somebody else also has, there's a problem. It's better to leave your sacrifice and go and sort it out with the person. That's what I did. Because the funny part of it is that sometimes the person who has offended you is not even aware that he has offended you. And even sometimes, if they are even aware, they don't know the extent, the effect. They don't know. They are not aware. And if they come to you, that's not a time to argue and to explain things. Just say, I'm sorry. Some of you don't know how to say sorry. But why should this offend you? If you're offended, so what? My friend, go away. Get over it. Be a Christian. You don't talk like that. You are not spiritual. That's why you are speaking like that. Restore the person. If a brother is suddenly overtaken by a fault, you will be spiritual. Restore such a person in the spirit of meekness. Be humble and talk to the person. So, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Oh, I'm really sorry. Forgive me. That's how you speak. That shows your spirituality and maturity. You say something, your husband is not happy. Instead of you to apologize. That's the time you are arguing phlegmatic wives with explanation. Look, as soon as the family says, I'm hurt, respect it. Respect it. We don't respect people's feelings. Especially in marriage. Yes. I was coming to use an example, but there are children here. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, offenses must need come. Scandalons. But deal with it. Be a Christian. Talk about it. Forgive. Let it go. Root it out so that you can bear fruit. Put your hands together for the Lord. Else one day you will get, you will stand before God and say, you, you were meant to be a pastor of 50,000 people. I'm telling you, offenses and bitterness has erased people from the ministry more than fornication. It's true. Since I've been a pastor, I've had many pastors under me. Many of them are not in ministry, not because they fornicated or committed adultery. No. I even have people who have done some of these things, committed adultery or fornication. But they have recovered and God is using them mightily. But the ones who got offended. They are not even Christians anymore. They don't even go to church. Offenses. Sins of the spirit. Stand to your feet, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands and just...
pray to God for mercy and grace. Grace. Mercy and grace. Pray. Pray for yourself. I believe you have heard a lot today. That as you are running your race, your race that is set before you, you'll be able to set aside easily. This so-called sin that easily besets us. Offenses. Offenses. Pray for grace to walk in forgiveness. Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 14, is for if you forgive your neighbors of their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you who trespass against him. But if you don't forgive your neighbors of your trespass of their trespasses, your heavenly father will also not forgive you. Unforgiveness makes you lose the grace of God. It makes you fail in God's grace. You lose his presence. You lose his help. You lose his grace. And you are wiped away from his presence. Demons take over your life. And you are not able to continue to serve God and to bear fruits. Pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me that I will continue to bear fruits. That I will not be trapped by this demon and this evil. This evil stick. This scandalon. This trap will not get hold of me, Lord. The Lord, anytime I'm offended, give me the grace to come out of it. In the name of Jesus, pray that God will help you to run your race very well. Paul said, you did well. You did run well. You were running well. You were doing well. You were in the choir. You were singing well. You were an usher. You were a basenta leader. You were a pastor. You were doing so well. Who did hinder you? Who offended you? Who came with this evil stick that you can't run anymore? Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. If one day the devil brings you an opportunity to be offended, the prayer you are praying now will save you. Everybody open your mouth and pray. Yes, Lord. Come on, open your mouth. Talk to him. Pray in advance. The Lord is helping you. Grace is abounding. One day, one day, you'll be surprised how you'll come out of some serious offenses and hurts. And you remember this day when you prayed to God and God heard your prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for your help. Your mercy. I just feel like I should pray for anybody who is maybe struggling with bitterness. Somebody did you something. Your uncle, your auntie, your mother, your father, your friend, a colleague, somebody hurt you and you have not recovered. 
you're struggling. I want you to come. I need to pray with you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender. Oh, to Him, I relinquish. Jesus, all to Jesus. All to so let's sing this song to the Lord. Second stanza. All to Jesus surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me savior. Make me savior. Holy. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know. up your hands. I surrender. I surrender. Oh, I surrender. Oh, to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. of you standing here, close your eyes and lift up your hands. I wanted to talk to God and say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me for not letting it go, for not letting it go. And now whoever often mentioned a person's name as you are standing here and say, I forgive this person. I forgive sincerely from the bottom of your heart. Oh, to, to Jesus, Jesus. 
children. Pray for them. Help them, Lord. Release an uncommon grace upon them right now. Upon their hearts. Any root of bitterness in them. I pray for the Holy Spirit to help them. To root it out. To root it out. To root it out. Those of you here in front, is there somebody here? Your bitterness against your parents. Lift up your hands. Come in front. Come in front. Your parents. Parents. Your parents. Ah, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Forgive. It's a trap. It's a scandal. It's meant to make you not to run well. Thank you, Jesus. Let it go. Let it go, my dear. Let it go. Let it go. May God heal your hearts. May he heal your heart. May he heal your heart. May your heart become pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You will see God's grace on your life as never before, if you can let it go. Therefore, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It's all right to cry. It's all right to cry. Yes. The Lord understands your pain. But you can't keep it. You can't keep it. God is giving you grace. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let it go. 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 Let it go.
said though your mother and your father may forsake you but I the Lord will never forsake you be restored be healed be restored and be healed get better be strengthened forgive let it go let it go that you may run better thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Receive the help of God. Receive the help of God. Father, I pray for all these ones that are here today. Lord, you know what they have been through. The pain, the rejection, the betrayal, the hurts, the different things. That they've experienced. But I pray, thanking you that today your word has touched them. Your word has come as a light. They can't lose your grace. They can't miss your grace. No. No. For we are what we are because of your grace. They need your grace to run well to finish this race which you have set before them. Therefore, Heavenly Father, today as they stand before you, I'm asking you, grant them the grace to root out any form of bitterness embedded and hidden in their spirit and in their souls. That by the time they walk out of this service, may they feel different. May they feel stronger. May they feel better. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 
Those who have been offended in marriages, relationships. I pray God you restore their hearts, restore their souls. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the grace and the help we have received today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please go back to your seats. I surrender those of you who came forward here after church I want you to call the person who offended you not to say that yes you offended me but let's do me check on the person do something practical some of you may have to even give an offering or a gift say it's okay. I'm okay. It's fine. Because this is the reason why people stop running their race. They are unable to keep running. They are scandalized. But God has given us grace. Close your eyes wherever you are. Today you are in church. Maybe someone invited you here. Or you are watching us on Zoom. But deep within your heart, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You don't have any personal relationship with the Lord. If you are to die today, you are not even sure what will happen to you. But you want to give your life to Christ. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. Today is my day. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Christ. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand and wave at me. I want to pray with you. I see your hand. God bless you. I like your response. God bless you. Wherever you are. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Let it high. I see your hand. Let it go high. I see your hand, my sister. My sister over there. I see your hand. God bless you. Oh, I see your hand there. Oh, wow. God bless you. Now your hands are lifted up. Come to me in front. I want to pray with you. Come, come. Come to me. Run to me. Just come. Come. Today. Oh, just come. You want to join that? You can come. Jesus. Let him have his way. Maybe you are here. Maybe you go to church, but for some time now, you've fallen. You've fallen, and it's like you are now trying to make amends to rededicate your life to Christ. I feel there's grace to help you. If you're also here like that, just come forward. I want to pray with you. You want to rededicate your life to Christ? Just come. I'm waiting for you. You're watching us on Zoom. You're also giving your life to Christ. Now all of you here, lift up your two hands to the Lord. I want you to know that Jesus is here. 
The Bible says he came to seek that which was lost. We were lost in sin. But today he has found you. And he's going to cleanse you. He's going to forgive you for all your mistakes. Every mistake you have made. Jesus said all manner of sins can be forgiven. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. And what you even did this morning. There's forgiveness with God. And today as you stand here. You have given your life to him. And he's forgiving you of all your sins. And he's giving you a chance to become a son and a daughter. Of the most high God. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say it from the bottom of your heart. Loudly with your mouth. Watching us on, on, on Zoom. All of us in the church. Let's join them. Say dear Lord Jesus. I come to you today. Just as I am. Please forgive me. For all my sins. I know very well. That I have committed many sins. Against you. Against my neighbors. But here I am today. Asking you for mercy. And forgiveness. Please. Write my name. In the book of life. And wash me. With the precious blood. Of Jesus. Heavenly Father. I know. That you love me. That you sent Jesus. To die for me. Therefore I am asking you. One more time. Don't leave me to the devil. Help me. To stay in you. Till eternity. Help me. To be faithful to you. Till death. Help me. To serve you. With all my heart. In the name of Jesus. I come to you. And I'm asking you again. That dear Lord Jesus. Come and stay in my heart. As my Lord. And my personal savior. From today. I will serve you. I will follow you. With all my heart. Now listen to me Satan. Listen to me carefully Satan. I don't belong to you anymore. I am not part of your family anymore. I'm not part of your kingdom anymore. Therefore you have no power. Over my life. My life now. Is hidden in Christ. And Jesus Christ. My Savior has saved me from you and from your kingdom. And I'm now in the kingdom of light. Therefore, Satan, leave me alone. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What a blessing. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these wonderful people. I pray for them. Thank you for their lives. Help them, establish them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What's your name? Good to see you. Zimbala. Nina. You are blessed. Anthony. Wow, is that your brother? <laughs> That's your boyfriend. Wow, your boyfriend came to church and gave his life to Christ. What a blessing. 
Today, your first time coming here? All right. God bless. God bless. What's your name? Shanice. Okay. All right. All right. So who are they following? After church, we are going to call you back again. And some wonderful people are going to meet you. God bless you. All right. Please be seated. What a blessing. Please, you may be seated. How many have been blessed today? Wow, oh, what a blessing to be in the house of God. I want to receive anybody who is tithing today. I want to pray for you before I take my seat. So if you are tithing, come forward and let's pray. What a blessing. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great. How great is our God. How great is our God. How great. It's our God. Oh, sing with me. How great is our God. Father, I pray for them as they tithe. I release a special favor upon them, especially from now to the end of the year. Do something amazing in their lives. Let there be a miracle, financial miracles, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may give and go back to your seat. Put your hands together for Jesus. What a great blessing. What a great blessing. What a great blessing. Hallelujah. A Leviathan spirit. A crooked spirit. A piercing spirit. That pierces with offenses. A monster. You see, anytime you are offended, you should know that a monster has pierced an arrow to you. Hallelujah. I've learned so much. I don't know about you. I've learned not to keep on what? Offense. Because it will lead into what? Bitterness. Then suddenly it will develop roots and would move you out of the grace of God. Yeah. And would what? Defile you. It will trouble you. It will defile you. Say to your neighbor, I'm that neighbor, neighbor. Don't, be don't be offended. Try your best not to be offended. 
tells the devil himself will enter into you and will cause you to do things you don't want to do. Hallelujah. Look, guys, it's very scary. Very scary. A lot of people miss out on what God really has for them because of what? Offenses. Try your best. Look, try your best. Stay in the church because the church is full of so many people, different people, you know, with their own things. And once we are crowded like this, you should know that somebody will step on your leg and you'll be offended. Hallelujah. Your neighbor will offend you. Your friend will offend you. Even your pastor would offend you. It says that woe to the world because of what? Offenses. Louisa. Eish. Say to your neighbor, Eish. Yeah. It's scary. Don't, don't joke with it. I, you see, Jesus prophesied woe unto the world because of offenses. A lot of people miss out on what God has for them. I pray that none of us lift up your hands and, and just, just for 15 seconds, pray to the Lord one more. Lord, save me from, from, from the pending danger of offense. And that, that demon that the enemy wants to send to me, that crooked spirit, that piercing Leviathan dragon, Lord, have mercy. Save us. May none, may none, may none lose their place. Miss out on their destinies because of offense. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. You may please be seated. Bishop Frank, thank you so much for such a wonderful... Oh, I thought we would appreciate the Lord. Thank you so much for such a wonderful ministration. Wonderful word. This message will be on my podcast. So listen to it. Hallelujah. If you are here, you are not on the church's platforms. You must try and see your borrower, overseer, like your shepherd, whoever that you are, whatever, and be part of it. And you would 